Hello, I'm Jason Bittner from Triple Helix Corporation, and welcome to our Helix Insider podcast. I'm joined in studio today with my colleagues Pedro Lopez and Sam Sheldon, two of our developers, and we're going to be talking to you guys today about security, passwords, and the importance of strong passwords, and all of that good stuff. So, um, why don't you start with password management and why it's important to have something and the importance of keeping strong passwords. Pedro, why don't you kick us off with uh, what that means to you? So like in an office setting, typically, you know, uh, some companies like they store passwords in a spreadsheet or even like on paper, and that might be a little bit of a security risk. So you want something a little bit more professional. Uh, what we recommend is using uh, pa uh, password managers. Uh, there's two types. Uh, the first type stores passwords on a key file on your machine, and that's like typically more secure. Uh, but there, there's also like password managers that store uh, offsite uh, on the cloud, you know, in the browser, and they usually have like better, um, you know, GUIs for you know people, so they are less uh, intricate to set up. But definitely, uh, those are very two good options to 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 keep in mind when. Picking your password manager, obviously you want to go online, make sure do your research, make sure they, they haven't been hacked and you know they haven't had any problems uh, before adopting them within the company or for yourself. Uh, but those are the, usually the two options that we should keep in mind for that. Now, why even have a password manager? Like, what what really drives us to needing these these days? Well, I mean, security at, at the, is at the forefront. Like, you want to make it hard for people with malicious intent to uh, access, you know, information, uh, access your system, right? Uh, the credentials for pretty much where, you know, places where that your business needs. Um, but uh, more importantly, to uh, make sure that um, you do everything you can to make sure the data from your company, your clients are secure. So I, I think it's worth mentioning is that, you know, when we first started using the web and computers and accounts and all this stuff, there really, really wasn't that many passwords to remember. But I think these days we have thousands upon thousands of passwords that we have to remember. And, you know, unfortunately, because of that, people tend to go with something simple like cat dog or one, two, three, four, and password is password. And it obviously creates a huge problem because yes, you can remember it, but two, it is incredibly easy to break into your systems. Hence the idea of having this password manager where you don't have to remember it. You remember how to use the first password to get into it, but then the software takes care of the memory for you. Um, but you know, what I've noted over the years with, with passwords is that um, there actually are a few different websites out there that help you create a password. In fact, there are some statistics that say like, you know, the simpler your password is, the easier it is for a program to break. And I was reading these um, uh, articles about how like, you, you know, something that's a dictionary word with like five characters and whatnot can be broken in a matter of seconds by these computer programs. So you want something that's long and strong and something ideally auto-generated that a human wouldn't necessarily guess. I've actually found this website called passwordgenerator.net uh, and we recommend using something like that. If you go to that particular site, it actually will generate um, 16 characters is sort of what we recommend as a minimum. But you actually, when you use that software, and the reason I like that one particularly is that it actually doesn't generate the password over the internet. It actually generates it right there locally on the browser. So if they're 
anyone was hacking the data stream of you being on that website, the fact that it's generating the password doesn't actually hit anywhere else other than your own computer. So I think that's incredibly valuable. Um, Sam, talk to us about some of your ideas, like you were telling me earlier about how you had um, a ways of generating passwords that are easy to remember, but hard for anyone else to guess. Yeah, so one of the things that I'll do to, you know, when I don't want to go and grab, you know, a passwordgenerator.net or some other type of password generation, I know a lot of, um, actually a lot of password managers have a tool to generate passwords within them. Um, but when I don't want to do that, when I just need a quick password, what I tend to do is patterns. I'll look at my keyboard and I'll say, right, I'm going to start from this letter or number and I'm going to do this pattern and then I'm going to pick another and I'm going to do the same pattern again, maybe with some variation, hold shift or something like that. And then I just use that pattern and all I have to remember is where I started. It means that I can notate, like if I need to make one really quickly and I do end up, you know, writing it on a sticky note or something, I can just write those, you know, five or six characters, you know, I can write THF or something. And that means an entire, you know, 12 character password or however many characters. Right. And to be clear, you're not talking about like just taking your finger and sliding it across the top row of the keyboard, like QWERTY, one, two, three, four, right? Because that was a famous password. People thought it was so secure, right? <laughs> Yeah, no, that's that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a pattern that like, you know, it's it uses, you know, four or five characters on the keyboard in a pattern that's easy for you to remember as a person, but doesn't necessarily mean anything once it's letters on the screen. There there used to be a really great um uh, website uh, for life hacks, and I believe it was called Lifehacker actually. And one of their recommendations for password generation was actually uh, mashing together um, longer passwords from things that you remembered shorter, and then actually putting something unique about the the site you're logging into about it. So you could have like you know your the city you were born plus. Um, maybe the street address you grew up on, plus the last um, uh, four digits of the website, um, some unique identifier about the website or the, or the place you're signing in on. So you've created this really strong password that's easy for you to remember, but because you know your pattern, similar to what you're talking about on the keyboard, you can actually easily create a strong password for something that n normally no one would really be able to guess. So I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. The other thing about passwords that like, what password managers allow you to do is not reusing passwords because more than even more than simple passwords it's reusing passwords that gets you in trouble because once a single one of those once you know if you use a particular password on you know say twitter for example and you reuse it elsewhere if twitter were compromised and the passwords got leaked even if they were hashed you might end up exposing that password to, you know, and that, that you've used on any number of other services. And if somebody can put together what that password is, then you're in, you're in trouble there. And I, and I also think like the most important uh, passwords that you have, you want to cycle through them like at least every six months or at least a year. Uh, and make sure you're always creating new ones because, you know, even though it might be just letters and numbers and special characters and 
uh, not something that is very innate to humans, uh, those still get hacked. So you want to make sure you're cycling them so they don't end up on a dark web or some other place that, you know, people, you know, staying with the same password for very important things for a long period of time is as bad as having repeated passwords, you know, so just got to keep that in mind. No, excellent point. So let's actually talk about like why we do this, right? So, I mean, the whole reason why we secure the passwords and whatnot and, and go to all this effort, because there has been a real concerted move out there among hackers and, and fraudsters who would try to take advantage. Uh, and the, the websites that we traffic frequently and how they even something as simple as like a department store website. I've got a few in my mind where you hear about data leaks all the time. And how important it is, what you said, Pedro, about making sure that you're changing those passwords frequently because they do get hacked. And I read a statistic that said that most major retailers have a password uh, leak or, or a, a, a flaw and they've got to be vulnerable um, pretty much at least once in their entire history or maybe m multiple times. So the idea that, you know, if you think your password's safe because it's with a larger in organization or institution, it's really not true. What do you guys think about that? Like, what things should we be thinking of, like, um, why the password management matters? Well, I mean, I think the password management, uh, you know, softwares that you might choose uh, really help get the bulk of the work done, you know, generating passwords and I uh, sorting them for you in a, in a way that um, it's not as easy for people to get access to and whatnot. Uh, but I think you got to have a system in place. Um, and, you know, the, the reason that it's important to like secure your, you know, your passwords, whatever is people can assume your identity, the identity of your company and cause serious harm to your business and to your clients. Right. So it just, it doesn't really go just, you know, to your company, but it goes beyond you to your clients or your family, and they can cause irreparable harm that it might be easy to recover from. That's right. We were talking about this where like in some companies, like people who want to gain access to your funds that will actually try to spoof you. I, I know with here at Triple Helix, we had an incident where um, the person who was trying to um, pretend they were me and that we're emailing all of you you guys on the staff that hey I'm in going into a meeting and I need you to go to Walmart and buy some gift cards and and read and, and take a photo of the back of the card and send it to me and it's like that seems so outrageously crazy but you know people do it right they they don't know that their boss isn't the one emailing them and they and they don't think that oh that's kind of odd he's asking me to go to Walmart and take the photo of the back of a gift card but like like oh he's the boss he knows what's best and so they go do this so, I mean, you know, best protection on something like that is to actually not do that unless you have a verbal, just because it's so common. Sam, you were going to say something? Oh, I was going to say that I've, like, on the business side, the other risk is that if your company gets hacked, your your internal emails can, like, they can use that to appear legitimate and email your customers and ask for something that normally would be completely legitimate. Hey, can you make a payment? But then redirect said payment to themselves. And it happens to even like, nor like normally quite secure people. They say, oh, this company that I'm working with surely has not had a data breach. This thing that they're asking for is completely reasonable. And they send it along and suddenly their 
in trouble because it wasn't a real email. So there's there are sites that you can go on to check if you know your email address, for example, has any hacks associated with it. I think the site is Have I Been Pwned? And you can plug your email in and it'll tell you of all of the hacked passwords that have been dumped onto the web, does your email show up among them? And it can and it's kind of scary to look at because you can see like history going back years of where your email has shown up in these data leaks. Yeah, I mean, and once they have your credentials, it, it's pretty much done. Uh, you know, it's really hard to like, you're going to have to go through a lot of hoops and, you know, you might even have to, you know, resend up your server, your email server and, and do all kinds of things. And there's going to be probably data lost. And so it's irreparable damage really for most companies, you know? Yeah. And if you think about your email and how do you reset your passwords for most services? You go through your email. So if someone gets the credentials to your email, they, by extension, unless you have, you know, two-factor authentication or something similar set up, they can reset the passwords through your email and you're locked out. That's actually a great point. Can tell our audience what two-factor authentication means, because that's a fairly recent thing. It's been around for a while, of course, but not a lot of people are using it yet. So what does that actually mean? Yeah, so two-factor authentication is pretty much what it sounds like. There's two things that you use to authenticate, one of which is your password. So you go to your email and say, you type in your password and it says, okay, I see you're trying to log in. I've sent you a code to your cell phone. I'm calling you with a code or I'm sending this code to a different email address. And then you have to put in this one-time code within a certain amount of time, which means that if someone has your password, they also have to compromise whatever you're using as your second authentication. So they have to get their hands on that code in addition to the password, and often that code is time sensitive. Excellent point. I, I know a lot of websites too that will actually do two-factor authentication and then they'll say, oh, I, you should recognize me on this device and not do the two-factor authentication going forward because it is a bit annoying to have, oh God, I got to do my phone now. But you know, we highly recommend not doing that because even though it is your personal device and like what are the chances of someone actually, you know, using that device and like not invoking the two-factor. Two-factor is there for the basic reason is that these guys will figure out ways of getting around it and, and actually hijacking either the two-factor signal or, or code or something like that. So, I mean, it's there to protect you. So highly recommend you use it and, and don't subvert it by saying, turn it off on these devices. I would always recommend keeping it no matter what. Yeah. So I, I actually have one thing that I'd want to talk about and that's phishing. Because a lot of hacking is actually not, you know, brute forcing passwords. A lot of it is social engineering. You get an email that looks legitimate from a company that you think you know, or a friend or something like that. And it directs you to a website, you know, the, a recent article I read was somebody who basically as, you know, an experiment hacked a friend. And I think he sent them a resume. He reached out as, you know, a recruiter for some company that they'd previously worked with saying, Hey, I have this resume from so-and-so 
they said they worked with you on such and such a date. Can you review this and give me a reference? And the link to the document was a fake site that was designed to capture their password. And this person just did it without a thought. They, they didn't have to hack anything. That's actually a really common trick too, because one of the things people will do, if you don't remember the password for your, you know, for some site you don't use very frequently, and it says you entered the wrong password, what do you do? You try another password. Oh, I didn't use this one on this site. Maybe I use this other one or this other one. And by the time you've realized that it's never going to let you in, you've already given up half a dozen passwords. That's an excellent point. I've actually seen recreations of popular bank sites. In fact, um, I got one of these emails where they, the, the hacking group had, had meticulously, perfectly recreated the Bank of America website and the login. So you went to this thing and you think you were logging in and it said, oh, can't log in, username uh, uh, not found or whatever. Or honestly, if you get a communication from say your bank or your email or something, don't actually click the link, just go to their site and log in normally and navigate to try to find whatever it is they warned you about. If your bank tells you that there's a risk of fraud, just go to their site. Don't even interact with the link. Just go to their site, navigate through it, and see if there's actually an alert. Yeah, the, the key there is when you're logging into any of these sites, especially if you think the link is actually uh, not right, is you, you need to check the link. And a popular tactic is that they'll send you this very official looking email and they'll say, click here to log in. And the click here to log in, it'll, or, or it'll be a URL. They'll actually type in the proper URL, bankofamerica.com. But if you hover your mouse over it, it's quite clearly a completely different link to another website um, in some, you know, other country maybe and you, you know in fact some of those just by the act of clicking the link is actually invoking a payload on a, uh, a virus to into your machine so it's very very um, important to check those links not to click on them but to hover them and to see what's actually you're, you're going to go to right or call them I mean direct yeah and don't call the 1-800 number on the email like go to the website and then call the number from there <laughs> see that happen. So, you know, the idea of the importance of strong passwords is, you know, like we have so many of them out there. A password manager can help us keep them straight so you don't subvert your security by using simpler ones. Um, the idea of using passwords in some sort of a generated code that only you know, it's sort of like in your head. And then, of course, the really, really importance of actually having um, good, strong passwords and rotating them. As Pedro said earlier, like, you know, things that are very important to you, you should be rotating them regularly just because if you assume that larger organizations like banks and whatnot are not vulnerable to these things, it's not true. So the things that really matter to you, you need to uh, protect them and keep them safe. Um, any final thoughts, Pedro? I mean, I think the two things that companies should keep, they need to keep in mind most is like the emails and following those best practices. And also if they have like a corporate account with AT&T, T-Mobile, you know, for like, you know, phone services where people within the company or executives usually use as, you know, two-factor authentication for important stuff to make sure that they're not, you know, they're following best practices too. 
so they're not vulnerable to people maybe hijacking you know, their phone number or whatever, gaining access into their systems. Good. Well, I think that's all the time we have for today. So um, I want to thank my two special guests, Pedro Lopez and Sam Sheldon, for their insights into uh, security and why it matters. And um, I'm Jason Bittner from Triple Helix. And uh, thanks. And we'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.